Good morning, not evening. Good morning, folks, and welcome to a very special episode of South of Cheddar Curtain. But as always, it's your boy, Devin Hyde, sitting across from the table from, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Luke Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. All righty, guys. So this feels kind of similar to last year where we were so excited last week, you know, season coming back, football is back, we're excited about the team. We're a little less excited the day after. Our Packers fall 23-7 to in Minnesota to the Vikings. Yep. In a game that, very similar to last year against the Saints, except as Aaron said, we did improve because we put up seven points as opposed to three. And we did not give up 38. We did not give up 38. So, progress. So that's progress. Um, but, you know, you're going to be listening to, I'm sure, other people covering this game. You know, we know that we're not your only source of Packers news, ESPN, NFL, whatever. Just your favorite. And you're going to have all, all the bullshit about the Packers look washed, they're overrated, Vikings are about to take the division. And we're here just to to settle that down, give you the real breakdown, the narratives that you should listen to and shouldn't listen to, and just kind of all come and get through this together. Exactly. It's going to be a group effort going into Sunday night this week. Indeed it is. So, back to the usual formula. Start on offense. Might as well, right? Offense. Offense, offense, offense. So, I wasn't feeling great going into this game, knowing that Bakhtiari and Jenkins were both not going to be playing. Mm -hmm. Very young offensive line. And, oh my, were they ever exposed. Rodgers was sacked four times for 33 yards. But I feel like this that stat line does not quite paint the picture bleak enough because he was beaten up yeah I completely agree I think that throughout the game he was kind of running around for his life and in some of those sacks he just got demolished I mean that one he got sandwiched on um, he stayed on the ground for a while he was getting massaged on the sideline uh, he took a beating that he has not taken in a while at least from all appearances and I think that really kind of leads to some of the other problems we had on offense um, starting up front because it did not look like Aaron Rodgers trusted what he was seeing and what was going on around him. Definitely. And on some of these plays, like on one of the sacks I watched last night, you know, Rodgers is making like the first two guys miss. So it's not like, you know, you can look at the offensive line and we can point to it, it was like one guy in years past who've had these performances where, you know, someone's hurt. So you have to sub in a backup guard or tackle and it's one guy who's just getting rocked. And you're like, okay. You know, once this person's back, that's an easy fix. It seemed like everybody except for Josh Myers at some point gave up immediate pressure or missed a block. Like Rogers was, like you said, one play, he got pancaked by a couple guys. Yep. But every play, it seemed like they were getting multiple guys home. Yeah, and I think it, it really starts with that right side of the offensive line. I think the left side was fine. Obviously, JRJ went down later in the game. Zach Tom came in, but... Yash, I think, was fine, right? You're going up against two premier pass rushers in Daniil Hunter and Zedarius Smith. So I'm not shocked that we would give up some pressure, right? But the Newman and Hansen right side was really, I think, where a lot of the problems started, right? That first sack was Zedarius Smith just walking Hansen straight back into Aaron Rodgers. He is not a starting caliber right guard or anything. In the NFL. And we knew this beforehand, and this is one of these conversations where it's like, hey, we see it. A lot of the other Packer media sees it. Obviously, we're not the coaches, unfortunately. But they thought that putting uh, 
Jake Hansen. Jake Hansen, exactly. That's how disgusted. I can't remember his name. They thought that putting Jake Hansen as opposed to Zach Tom was the right move. Zach Tom came in, looked better than Hansen at points, didn't have a great game. Yeah. But I, I do not want to see uh, Mr. Hansen out there next week unless injuries or something happens. Agreed. And if we think about it, right, we moved Newman from right guard, where he was our weakest link last year, mm-hmm. to right tackle. Position he played in, in college. But I don't think one that he's well suited for in the NFL. I don't think he's the a- athletic enough for it. Maybe not quite big enough for it. I would like to see us try somebody else at right tackle. We're going to get into that. With and then the, get Newman in or, or whatever and get Jake Hansen just off the field. Agreed, yeah. Really, that's the goal. Get Jake Hansen off the field. Josh Myers, Yash and Ivan, they can stay. JRJ, depending on injury, what have you. But those two can stay. Everything else is up in the air as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I completely agree. And if we don't have Bakhtiari and uh, Elton Jenkins back, which at this point it seems like they will not be back for Chicago, mm-hmm. I want to see a different starting five and we can kind of circle back to this when we get to the bears preview because we did happen to bring back a certain offensive lineman to the active roster we'll get back to it okay Luke we'll will be excited to, to talk about that one pumped already but uh we're hoping for changes even if we don't get our top guys back all right so we started up front in the offensive line rogers let's go to him next right he he had pressure in his face all day mm-hmm. so i have to give him a little bit of a pass but overall, this was not one of the better games we've seen out of him. He admitted himself there were a few times where he was holding on the ball way too long. I know on one of the sacks, on a key third down in the second half, he had Randall Cobb streaking open across the middle. Granted, pressure in his face, but a read that he normally makes. Uh, Andy Herman, another member of Packers Media, he pays for the All-22. We're not quite there yet. Once we get to like 1,000 <laughs> subscribers, maybe we'll get there. So he was able to see a lot more than we are, even in our film study. And according to him, there were more Packers running open than we were able to see. Granted, Rodgers running for his life. So you give him a little bit of a pass, but Rodgers missing open guys is just not something that we say a whole lot. No, I think this kind of goes back to even the game against the 49ers to end last year, right? Kind of the same thing. We had people open that game famously had Alan Lazard wide open in the middle of the field, right? That would have continued the game, but... Mm -hmm think similar problems um, when he doesn't trust the offensive line when maybe he doesn't trust all the receivers uh, he's just not willing to let it loose right so he's not trusting his eyes and, and throwing to what he knows is open I'm sure he's going to go back and watch the film and see who's open and kind of be kicking himself for all the missed opportunities right Randall Cobb was open I've heard that Christian Watson was open quite a lot which would have been nice, right? Um, mm-hmm. And we'll kind of get into that receiving group. But, yeah, Rodgers just not good. And then the arm punt, very un-Rodgers-like. It just it felt like he was frustrated. Oh, to Cobb? Of all people, time. Cobb. Literally anybody else on the field except for Cobb would have made more sense. Cobb's not going to go win a jump ball. Well, especially that matchup. Not only is it Randall Cobb, but it's Randall Cobb against Harrison Smith. Which No way. I think Harrison Smith is the Tom Brady of defense in our time because that guy is... He has to be on the wrong side of 33. He's 34, 35, and he is still an absolute dog in the back end. Oh, he's great. He's got four inches on Randall, and Randall's not the athlete he once was, and he was never going to win jump balls to begin with. No. Just just poor decision. Poor decision. Also a little interesting on the sideline, you know, of course, Fox is going to show anytime Rodgers is pissed off. It was just funny that like that was one of the biggest emotional outbursts 
considering, you know, the Watson drop and a few other missed things, but it was like, you see him, you know, effing Cobb and there were other parts that I'm sure I couldn't mouth read, but he was not happy with Randall after that. I'm guessing that he expected Randall to do something different. Yeah, probably come back for the ball more is yeah. my guess. Because there was no way that where that ball was thrown was going to work. Mm-mm. So he must have expected Randall to do something else. But yeah, just bad, bad day overall for Aaron. Um, I did like the deep ball accuracy on the throw to Watson because that's something we saw all the time last year, right? Of the last couple of years, he would overthrow MVS every single time. It felt like on that throw. Yeah. You know what it really looked like when you said arm punt? Just it was a different motion when he makes that kind of throw. And the last time I've seen him make that kind of throw, I guess the only times I can think of are forcing it to Devontae against the Niners last year, yep. which is just ugly. And then the only other times I think of it are like the arm punts against the Saints to open up week one. So when, when Rodgers rolls out and he throws that ball, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a slightly different motion. No, I, I do now that you bring it up, yeah. I got to be honest, it felt really weird feeling this, but I was like, oh shit, like this isn't going to be good. Because most of the time, that motion, it's not good, which is really weird for me to say with Rodgers. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I think you're you're right because there's no you can tell that there, it's not calculated. Yeah, at all, and it, it feels and like it's gonna he, be missing. Right, and everything he does is mm-hmm. even when he's off platform and everything. You, it, he's thought through it all. He knows what his body has to do, but that literally just—it's one of the few throws that feels like just effort chucking it. But we were completely wrong because he hit Christian Watson right in the hands. Correct. And so let's switch to that. Let's switch to the receivers, starting off with Christian Watson and his drop. Now, he ran a hell of a double move to make Patrick Peterson look stupid, which is amazing. Patrick Peterson, to be fair, is a ghost of his former self, but still starting caliber NFL cornerback, and this is your first route run ever in the NFL. And physically, Peterson is not what he used to be, but you always talk about older corners. Maybe they lose it a little bit physically, right, father time. But mentally, he's still, you know, all that experience. He was still all pro. The fact that Watson schooled him, didn't just beat him, didn't just run a little bit faster than him, but completely schooled him on that route was great to see. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, that drop is huge. It changes the game. Right? Oh, absolutely. Between absolutely. that seven points, and then we'll get into the goal line stop, is another seven we left off the board. So, you know, despite how much Jefferson cooked us and we'll get into the rest of the game storylines. Like we were still very much in this game. Those two plays would have made a huge difference. Despite the drop, man, Watson looked good out there just physically agreed because he had the other issue that seemed like a a timing awareness issue where he didn't get his head around on that quick little screen. It would have been blown up anyways. It doesn't really matter, but takes time, like Roger said. Yes, he just didn't get his head around fast enough. That's an easy mistake to fix. That play specifically, I feel, is where, as a viewer, I felt preseason would have helped. Not even necessarily Rodgers, but like Christian Watson didn't practice most of the training camp, most of the preseason, right? Yeah, little timing stuff like that, even if it's only preseason. Right. That's, I agree. That's practice reps. They'll get that ironed out. I'm not too worried. Um I was talking to some other people about this as well, and can you imagine, right, put your 
yourself into Christian Watson's shoes for a second on that first throw. Especially take into account, give it some context. They decided on Thursday this was going to be the first play of the game. Aaron Rodgers said that on Pat McAfee. Since oh, yeah. Thursday, it, this was the plan. And Rodgers is like, are you ready to score a touchdown on your first play as a Packer? Like, could we have made put any more pressure on this poor kid who didn't play a single snap of preseason football? But except for the easiest part, he did it. I mean, he did the hard part. That's the good news, right? And you're you're lined up against Patrick Peterson, who you know this dude's watched growing up, right? Dude, he probably he was... had him on his Madden teams when Watson was like 10. Exactly. And, and you're lined up against this guy, and this, you know the play's coming to you. That's really the only play this ball is going, the only player this ball is going to. It was Max Protect with a two-man route. Yes. Yeah. The, this ball was going to Christian Watson deep down the field. Mm-hmm. The pressure as you see that ball come in, I can only imagine. That's the kind you drop when it's right there in the bread basket. You have all the time in the world to watch it. Think about how, like, oh, my God, I'm about to score a touchdown on my first NFL play. I'm not surprised, especially with a kid who had some drop problems in college. Mm -hmm. I think those will get cleaned up. But, man, what a way that would have been to start his career. He said afterwards, that plays 100 times. I make it 99. So that was the one. So, all right, we'll see the rest of the season. Yeah, If he's a prophet, true to his word. Get it out of the way early, I suppose. I mean, and obviously, I apologize in advance, Devin. Uh, true MVS vibes. Just torching people and dropping footballs. Right, I'm this cutting was, the show off now. He, let's, let's not. We talked about in the offseason, right, that Christian Watts would walk into the MVS role. And then he overall should be a more well-rounded receiver as time comes and he starts picking up the offense, doing up different things. Some of those things we saw a little bit. He perfectly fit the MVS role. Burn someone, drop the football. Piss off Packer fan base. I will agree. Pissed off Packer fan base. I know there's a lot. There's a lot more hate towards MVS than me. I mean, not. I obviously love him. I'm one of the few that does. Most Packer fans are either happy he's gone or you know take it or leave it. I will agree on the MVS role because you know it's only a sample size, but out of the guys that we saw play at receiver and from what we could see, he by far is the most upside. Without a doubt. And we're going to need him on the field just to spread it vertically. I think we saw in this game, uh, Minnesota was able to really sit back in their zone and just let everything underneath them. Mm -hmm. You need somebody to spread the field. We talked about of Marquez at length. Even if you're not throwing him the ball, just the threat of that deep throw, the deep attack, changes how the defense can play. You know, you have to back up a little bit. I felt like Minnesota was playing a lot of cover one robber, you know, where you can go man and then a guy in the middle and then make the athletes on the outside beat you because nobody was. I think out of the guys we have, Christian Watson has the best physical upside. Not even close. So we we do need him to develop. And yes. I'm and I'm happy that he responded though. I mean, he did have another disappointing play on the quick screen that he just didn't get his head around to, but just a timing issue there. They'll get that figured out. He had a nice carry on an end around, got seven yards. Yep. He was blocking hard. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like he just rolled over. You know, you have a bad play, especially a young guy, a rookie. Think about his confidence. You were just talking about it. It's nice to see that he didn't just roll over and do nothing. He still played hard the rest of the game. And I love to see that. I mean, he stayed involved. And that was one thing I, I was afraid of, especially with Rodgers of all people, right? That they, he would kind of get shunned and forgotten about. Yeah, because Rogers, you know, now all of a sudden Rogers doesn't trust you or, or whatever. Uh, so when I even just saw that end around, it made me very happy because that happened before he had his next catch, I believe. 
Um, I think I was like, hey, he caught that one. <laughs> See, that was that was mean, Devin. But I was like, <laughs> okay, did. give the rook the ball. Let him calm down a little bit. Let him do a little something. And also, he's going to be very dangerous on those this year. He ran a lot of that at North Dakota State. He basically ran go routes and end arounds. That was pretty much all he did. And we would try to get MVS on those or like quick screens, and he just he just couldn't do it. He I, just, I loved him, but couldn't do it. He did not have any of the ability necessary as a ball carrier to do anything. Mm-mm. Um, but this guy does. He was a punt returner. He was a kick returner. He has vision. He has some agility ability to read blocks, right? Uh, so I think that's going to be a weapon going forward. So I was really glad. Get him an easy play. Get him comfortable. Get him calmed down and see what he does. Rest of the receiver room. Dubs looked good. Nothing too crazy. Um, we found out that that one that looked like a, a poorly or wrong route run by Dubs was not. Uh, Roger said in the postgame presser that he just threw that one away. I think Harrison Smith, he, he said, I saw 22 come in. And I just said no. Yeah, just, just threw it to the left of him and missed wide on purpose. So that was nice because I was afraid that was a, a bad route. I'm like, oh, God, no, please don't. But, yeah, he looked pretty good. Um, we've talked long enough about people catching the football, so I feel it is I'm obligated now to be McHenry's own Big Bob Tanya look good. He did. Real happy to have him back. Definitely on a pitch count, but – you know, he he got the, when he would get the ball, he looked like your guy. Yeah, he looked athletic, mm-hmm. and that that's what I was afraid of coming off injury. Especially, he came back pretty quick um, from that tear, so he he looked fast. He looked agile. I mean, he was never Darren Waller out there, but I mean, he looked good. He looked like he's going to be what we need him to be. Oh, for sure. But staying the tight end room, I have two things to add. Uh, Josiah DeGuard to get a couple of catches late in garbage time when Jordan Love was in. But this man was blacking, blocking his ass off. Did you see when he took a Viking? Like, like to the bench? Yeah, completely. Yep. Starting on the other hash, took this guy 10 yards down the field and completely out of bounds and then like stood over him and said something about it. Love it. Which, you know, Josiah is supposed to be, you know, that fullback tight end hybrid. His blocking's been a little hit or miss. He's been getting better as he's developed. It's nice to see that out of him. And I believe that was like Cameron Dantzler or something, a cornerback. But that's good to see. Yeah. You're bigger. That's your job. Go run through them. That is 100% right? your job. You have to make that block. And so he I'm... did. So that, that was great. Um, also, the, the tight end room. Mm. Devin. <laughs> Tyler Davis did something. Man, I started this show all wrong. I was supposed to say. <laughs> can you guys, can you imagine that if we hold Minnesota to 23 points, we have no muffed punts or other special teams snafus? And Tyler Davis does not fumble or give the team an interception. You would think he win that game. But yeah, Tyler Davis, not his fault. He had uh, one catch, three yards. Heard he didn't necessarily block great, but nobody else did. So why start there? I'm not even gonna give him a give him any grief about that. And he's not he's not the big dog replacement. He's the big Bob replacement, realistically, yeah. prototype wise. And Big Bob's not exactly known for his blocking. So not surprised. He didn't mess anything up, so good for him. Let's go back to this wide receiver room for a minute. Okay. We got a couple more people, right? We said Dubs look good. Watson looked good. What about the other two? Where, Juwan Winfrey was fine, right? It was kind of garbage time. He caught it was nice ball. to see Winfrey in a nice yeah. catch. Yeah, I was like, hey, if we activated him, why wasn't he playing earlier? But, oh, well. But the other two. The other veterans. Two. The veterans, right? I'm only worried about one of them. Randall okay. Cobb did exactly what I expected. Not much, but caught a crucial third down. I was going to say nice third down catch, good safety blanket. He got his head around immediately, knew that ball was coming hot, mm-hmm. caught it, fell down, boom, 
That's what he's going to be. He's going to catch those and touchdowns. That's all he's going to do this year. And help the young guys be reliable, know where they're going. I'm fine with that. I could easily see him having like 36 catches and eight touchdowns type of thing. And of those 36 catches, 25 of them being third down conversions. 100%. Like something like that. Yeah, that's what he's going to be. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. All right. So Sammy Watkins only had three catches for 18 yards. And again, we can only see so much watching. We mentioned earlier that apparently there were guys that were more open. The Rodgers missed some open guys. I'm hoping on a few of those. It was Sammy Watkins, but he didn't look overly impressive. He looked slow. Yep. He looked kind of easy to cover. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, who gets snaps, right? So I think he got more snaps because Lazard was out. Because obviously if Lazard is healthy, he's wide receiver one. You know, you put Cobb in the slot. That's another spot. Dubs looked good. And Christian mm-hmm. Watson, just for the vertical threat that he is, needs to be on the field. So if we do not see more out of Sammy Watkins, I'm not saying we cut him or anything, but I think he really drops down the depth chart quickly. I could easily see that happening, yeah, because everyone else kind of has a a role. Yeah. Right? Except for Sammy. The only thing, the one thing I saw and said, okay, maybe this is what he does. Is he caught the ball we'd normally throw to Devontae where Rodgers just, you know, picks the ball up from center, boom, throws it out there immediately, and you expect him to kind of make a guy miss, get like five to seven yards. It's a run play, essentially, yeah. when the cornerback's playing off. The only time we did that all game was, was to Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. So maybe that that's his thing, is that he's the one that's kind of can see what Rodgers is, is seeing and knows what's going to come, and he gets those extension of the run play kind of outside your by yourself wide receiver screen things that we do. Um, maybe that's his thing because he was targeted less than both rookies, which I was very shocked by. We'll see what we do against the bears, but yeah, if he doesn't, if he doesn't start showing up, the role is just, you know, diminished at this point. He's almost like a lesser Cobb because he is, I think that's someone that Rogers trusts, although they haven't played a lot together. Like Sammy's been in the league now for, you know, feels like 20 years. Right. Rogers respects his game, knows he's a veteran, knows he's not going to make simple mistakes. He's going to be in the right spot. So it, it might just turn into a Cobb-like feel, except Cobb is a third down god, but just sort of a reliable veteran, but not a whole lot of upside. Also, it should be noted that, um, well, two things. One, I kind of expected him to have dub game like Romeo Dubs kind of his stat line yeah that's a little bit more what I expect of Sammy Watkins which for those at home Dubs is four for 37 continue yeah targeted five times that that's kind of what I expected yeah um but the other part is and we can't forget about this especially with Alan Lazard out Alan Lazard was not the number one rated blocking wide receiver last year in the NFL it was Sammy Watkins oh for run blocking didn't know that good for you Sammy right I think Lazard was like third um so that's going to be crucial, I expect. Now, maybe, especially given what some stuff looked like, maybe next week, or maybe if Alan Lazard is back, maybe this is what we do, Devin, just for a second. I know we're skipping ahead here. Don't worry. Oh, I'm good. Fire away. We run the ball every single play with those two as blockers and Big Dog in there. I mean, we're getting, we are getting into running backs next, and my God, those two men. Those two men and Kenny Clark were right. the only people that really wanted to play in this game. And if you add Alan Zard back in there with his run blocking down the field, maybe some of those 10, 12-yard runs turn into touchdowns. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. that's So maybe I think that could be where Sammy Watkins has a big impact. But we're not going to really see that Mm-mm. from our perspective. No, sir. 
All right. To running backs. Oh, my. My, oh, my. They AJ so Dillon. Good. Aaron Jones. Both of them. And they both look so true, like the prototype that we think that they are. Aaron Jones looking explosive, like lightning out there. Setting, yep. setting the clock back a few years. He finished with five rushes for uh, 49 yards and then out of the backfield, three for 27. So, you know, nothing crazy numerically. I mean, I guess the rushing average is almost 10 yards a carry. But he just, he looked fast. And mm-hmm. for both him and Dylan, like, they were the main way for us to move the ball both on the ground and in the air. Uh, I think it was Jones said in the second half that, like, it was Dylan on the ground that really got this team going and got us fired up. And we you know, flirted with a comeback and Dylan's veracity and, and Jones too is, is why that was a, a possibility. Absolutely. Right. Because we came out in the second half and, and they talked about in the broadcast of down, you know, kind of lacking energy, a little lethargic. They didn't like the body language. Next thing you know, AJ Dylan comes out here and just starts pounding people, just driving piles, a little, not even little, giant wrecking ball of just full of quads out there, breaking tackles, getting us yards. And not just like on HB Dive. Some of his most impressive plays, at least for me, were lined up out wider at receiver or catching something out of the backfield. There's a few times where, like, there's a guy right at the point of the catch. And you're yeah. like, okay, two or three yards, right? You know, A.J. Dillon, he's a powerful man, but he doesn't really have a head of steam going like he out of the backfield. A.J. don't care. AJ's still trucking somebody and making a couple, you know, two guys miss and turning turning two into eight or nine. Like, it was beautiful to see. And my favorite play, I think, was just because it confused me. This is something we just talked about right before the show, too, is that we had him split out wide, which we do, right? We do that with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. And then he just ran a slant on the corner and caught the football. I was like, why did. Was that the play? Was that the, the plan all along? Let's just throw slants to AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones, you expect that at this point, right? He has a little bit more of that skill set. But let's just chuck our, like, 260-pound running back out there. Have him run slants all day. No problem. Loved it. But when he he catches it and he breaks three tackles and, like I said, turns four or five into 10 or 12, why not? Oh, completely agree. Completely agree. Is he just going to be, like, a, a bully at receiver, too? Like, I'm okay with that, honestly. I'm here for it. Every other member of Packers media has been saying it, so we're not going to harp on it too much. But I mean, and sort of the floor and Rodgers, everyone's saying it that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon just did not get the ball enough. There's 15 carries between the two of them, and then eight catches, so 23 total, just not enough. I'd be hoping more for like 30, 35 against the I think, Bears. I think 30 for sure, and they had a good amount of yardage, right? Because like AJ Dillon almost had 100 yards by himself combined. Yeah. Right, and then Aaron Jones had about 75. So all total, you got 175 yards out of those two. Not bad, but could you imagine if we'd gotten them involved earlier and more frequently? It's amazing that we ran for 18 carries for 111 with how bad the offensive line was. Yeah. We did have some nice run blocks, but a lot of these runs from these guys are after they're breaking tackles. Yep. Aaron Jones finding a hole, just squirting through the thing, and A.J. Dillon just making holes with his giant body. Um, I do want to point out just while we're talking about run blocking, mm-hmm. right? JRJ went down, Zach Tom came in and kind of a mixed bag, especially in packs, pass protection, but he came in and I think he really helped that run game. Yeah. I think there was a, an early run when Tom was in at left guard and it was like a counter or something with Dylan mm-hmm. right through his hole. Beautiful. It was like a 15 yard game. Yeah. He kind of sealed that edge and boom, there you go. And 
something to to keep an eye out for with Zach Tom is why that may happen. I think, anyways, is because he's very agile, has great movement skills, so he can get to a spot and kind of hold his own. The problem is he, and we saw this in pass protection, and we talked about this earlier in the season, he's kind of a little guy. I mean, he's not a small human. He's a very large human. Comparatively to an offensive guard, he is yes. not the prototypical size. Like, Sean Ryan looks like an offensive guard. Yeah, Dude has quads and, and is thick and built and stuff, and Zach Tom is not. So he seemed to really kind of struggle with his anchor and with kind of being able to push back a little bit, that he would stay his ground or get pushed back. He would not be able to attack as much because he's just not that strong yet. I think that'll come hopefully as the year and, and seasons progress, but he seemed to help out in the run game immediately. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, you're putting him in in a really tough spot against a very good defensive line, and Minnesota was thoroughly had the game in hand, so the skull chants are loud, right? It's a very yep. hard spot to put a rookie in. And also, too, like the rest of the offense line was playing terribly. Not a great spot, but considering that, I think he did well. Like we said, struggled in pass pro a little bit. But between that and the, the injury front that we have, I would be very upset if Zach Tom is not on the starting five in Chicago, assuming Bakhtiari and Jenkins are not back. And especially if JRJ's out. And then if JRJ's no out, excuse. he has to. But even if he's not, I mean, we can get into this later. But Replace Jake Hansen. Yeah, replace Jake Hansen, please and thank you. All right, let's move to the defense. To the defense. Do you mind if I monologue for a hot second? Uh, feel free. Okay, defense. So let's just let's just start out with the biggest part of defense from this game. Justin Jefferson. So Justin Jefferson, nine catches, buck 84, two touchdowns. Made it look stupid on several plays. And I want to tackle this in a few different parts. First off, I can understand trying to mix up coverages and disguise, right? But if you're going to go man when you have Justin Jefferson on the field, why you do not have Jair across from him is beyond me. Jair said it afterwards. You know, I'm not the one making the plays. But yeah, if I have the choice, I would want to be on the best receiver on each team, which makes sense. So, you know, we saw Eric Stokes get cooked. A few times early, which Eric Stokes is a good corner. But again, you're playing one of the top guys in the league. I think Jefferson, Jamar Chase kind of run routes almost like Devontae Adams, but they have another level of agility and quickness. So why, if you're going to go man, you do not have your best corner on him is beyond me. Um, There's also a few snaps where we, we went in zone. And like you had Preston Smith out there lined up. On, uh, on Justin Jefferson, which is just not a recipe for success. So really, really questionable game plan schematically by our defensive coordinator when you're going to be going up against, again, one of the best receivers in the NFL. And I really want to like point that out, guys, because this is, I think Jefferson's top five, if not top three. So this isn't going to happen every week. And what's also not going to happen every week is Adrian Amos has his worst game as a Packer. There was a lot of miscommunications in pass coverage, um, which I think part of it comes down to, like there was one between Jair and Razul on like who should switch off a receiver, which is one of the reasons that Jefferson was wide open in the second quarter. That's a mix-up that's going to happen when guys haven't played with each other a lot. You don't have that communication. But Amos got turned around, and so did Savage on a couple of these, and just looked bad. Amos is the most consistent player on our defense maybe even the entire team outside of Rodgers. So I think that's just a fluke. That's not going to happen again. But overall, I was just a little perplexed by our plan in the secondary 
monologue over. That was wonderful, Devin. Um, okay, so a couple thoughts. One, I think we went zone most of the game, which actually was part of the problem. Um, we did a lot of a lot of too deep. We did some weird stuff in the flats as well. Because I know Preston and, and Quay, that's kind of why Preston was out there. Uh, Preston and Quay, before he got hurt, ended up covering people in the flats a lot and, and that kind of thing. And so we did some interesting things in coverage. It just didn't work. Right? And they pointed out on the broadcast that our linebackers were not getting deep enough, which is fair, because those deep crossers aren't necessarily always the safety's fault. In the one that you're talking about, where both our safeties look like the Three Stooges out there, just kind of spin around in circles because they can't find Justin Jefferson. It was terrible. Yeah. No, that one was 100% on them. Savage was like seeing ghosts. Like he he broke to the outside and Jefferson didn't even didn't even move a hip, didn't no. move an ankle. There was no indication. Yeah. Like I don't know what you're seeing there, bud. I'm hoping that was film study. Like usually they take that right outside, yeah. maybe. That's my hope. Um, but some of the other ones where we just didn't quite get depth and the, the safeties had already bailed and were, were doing their thing and the crosses were a little bit shallower than that particular one. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see more man. We have the corners for it. Um, they're athletic. They're aggressive. We're not going to go man a ton. We're just not. It's not part of the, the Barry defense. Uh, but in times like that, when you're getting cooked like that, for the love of God, put Jair on him. That's something Jair apparently asked for during the week. Um, and even if you're not going to go man, granted, routes, there's crossers, there's all sorts of different kind of routes, but you eliminate Jefferson being covered by somebody else if you on a lot of those routes, if you at least put Jair on his side. Well, part of the problem you have there is not that they're running a McVeigh, Shanahan, Lafleur offense is is they move Jefferson around a ton, a ton, and they even showed the graphic about how much he he kind of played outside versus the slot and motion stuff. And, damn you, O'Connell! Damn and you! He they moved him a lot. Like one of the ones when he was up against Preston, he motioned to that side. And then Preston had to pump out. Oh, and I love you, Preston. But whenever you see him in space and coverage, I feel like his feet are cement. It's, yes. That's not what he's there well, he's for. He's basically a defensive end. I know. I know. It's just, oh, God, I hate to see it. I would I would rather see him blitz and then to just be completely in the flat, which, just, just which was kind of the same result. The flat. Yeah. I do want to bring up a couple other interesting things on defense because I think a lot of the stuff that we saw will get ironed out. I'm not too concerned about it because it did improve significantly in the second half. Yeah, we did respond nicely. The first half, we did a great job in the run game, I felt. Uh, we are really holding Dalvin Cook to, to little to nothing in the first half. Most of his yards came in the second half. Quay Walker, tackle machine. That's why I texted uh, uh, you at some point, right? And I was like, I, Quay's going to have like 30 tackles by oh the end God. of this game because he was everywhere. Now, part of that is I think they were picking on him a little bit in coverage, um, especially when they saw him covering the flats and stuff. But unlike every other linebacker we've had, it seems like ever, until Devondre, even when they picked on him, he still just tackled the guy. Yeah, you're not breaking Quay Walker's tackles. Those, those crossers that he and stuff and throws to the flats that he had to go out there and cover, he then tackled the person. Tackling as a whole <laughs> for this team, I would say pretty good. I, I felt pretty good. One that we have to mention, Devontae Wyatt to get limited snaps. But there was either a screen or a wide receiver dump off, and 300-something pound Devontae Wyatt is making the tackle like 12 yards down the field. Love the hustle. Love the hustle. Stock up Devontae Wyatt. 100%. Back to Quay. Back to Quay. 
or actually back to the backers in total because something and I texted you about this during the game as well that I thought was super interesting and it didn't work so we we got away from it pretty quickly but did you see what they were doing with Devondre Campbell he was like playing edge to start the game I hate that they drop him into coverage and he rushed a couple times and I didn't hate it it didn't work I like that we showed it I think it could have potential against other teams. I didn't hate it. If you're going to be sending one of the two, send Quay. He's younger. He's a little faster. I want Campbell in the center in those middle zones because he is so good at passing people off on those crossers. I want him there. And granted, I know you can't be too predictable in your looks. Right. But that's what I would prefer. I agree. I think they're they're hopefully going to get to the point where those two are interchangeable. They're very similar physically especially when Devontae was young. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those two will become interchangeable. We'll probably see more of that. But even so, we saw Quay out, cover, out there on the edge covering the flat a couple times. Didn't work. Not the right team for it. Not the right scheme to go up against. But I like the creativity there. And Quay needs to get a little bit faster at processing some of those crossers and stuff like that. Um, he's not to the point Devondre is being able to pass him off and kind of see them coming. He would kind of, once they passed him, he would then chase them type of thing. He didn't get a feel for them coming, kind of shade that direction or anything like that that I'd love to see. But I think he played really well before he got hurt. I really liked what I saw. Campbell's going to be the heart of the defense. We get that. But Quay, just go tackle people. And that's what he did. I think Quay is going to be really important on rundowns as well. You know, Devontae Campbell was all pro last year and kind of came out of nowhere, right? But I saw this in this Vikings game that as offensive linemen, when you're unblocking, obviously... You know, you want to get guys to the second level in any right. game plan. Like, you know, to look for certain guys. And now Devondre Campbell is one of those guys. I noticed that there seemed to be more an emphasis on getting to him mm-hmm. by their guards and their centers. So there are a few plays. I mean, I love Devondre Campbell, but he's not going to get out of every single block. So Quay Walker really does need to step up because teams will be zeroing in on Devondre Campbell in the run to make sure they're scheming him out of the way. Completely agree. Completely agree. Especially in a zone run kind of offense like we run uh that's mm-hmm. very much the point um i think that's actually why zach tom probably did such a good job in run blockings is athletic enough to get to the second level so you're 100 right quay has to be able to kind of shoot those gaps and get through there because he's probably at least to start the season gonna have a little less emphasis on him but if he keeps playing like he did i mean i thought he looked great another player who i thought looked great even if it was only for one play uh Keyshawn nixon in yeah. the was either third or fourth i think it was probably the fourth quarter uh, we had a key, he said a key open field tackle. It was probably like KJ Osborne or someone, but it was if he doesn't make that tackle, they get a first down, drive continues, probably 15, 20 yard gain. So, real sure tackle. And then, unfortunately, I think banged up his elbow. I haven't heard anything since. Have you? No. But immediately, it was weird. He makes the tackle, and like three seconds later, he grabs his arm and he's out. I we guess had... it was like maybe the adrenaline. I'm not quite sure. Could be. Could be. And we had some injury problems, obviously, right? Quay, we don't really know. Barnes. Well, I think Quay should be good to play for the Bears. Is I what believe it sounds so. Like. So yeah, so Quay messed up his shoulder. Uh, hopefully, playing for the Bears against the Bears. Playing for the Bears. Ugh. Never, never playing against the Bears <laughs> uh, this Sunday. Sunday, Monday. Sunday night. Sunday night. Chris Barnes. Ooh, when he went down, I was hurting. Me too. I was hurting. I love me some Chris Barnes. We love Chris Barnes here. Chris Barnes. Hope you listen to the show, buddy. We love you. Thankfully, Chris Barnes. And if you don't. You have some time to catch up now. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, 
so Chris Barnes was down the field. He had to he had to be carted off. He had the air cast, which is never a good sign. I was like, all right, well, goodbye, Chris Barnes. Sounds like he avoided major injury, uh, but he will be out for a few weeks. So we did put him on the IR, which I believe is four. Yeah, minimum four. Four or six weeks. So thankfully, we do have depth of the position. Sad to see him go, but again, the drop-off is less than it would have been if <clears throat> Ty Summers was still around. It did get a little rough there for a minute, though, because he only came in because Quay was gone. But if assuming we have Quay, I assume we'll also find a fourth inside backer for a game day roster Sunday night. But Probably we'll see. Ray Wilborn is my guess. Probably. But yeah, if Quay's back, then I'm not as worried. But if it's just if it's just Campbell and McStuffie, eh, not feeling great about that. For those listening, his actual name is Isaiah McDuffie. Yeah, but with how he fills the run gap, he is Isaiah McStuffie, and I will never call him by his former name ever again. Fair enough. How'd you feel about the pass rush? Real quick, and then we can move on. Okay. Chicago. How many sacks do we even have? Let me look one. it up. We had one. So we had one sack, but we had like six hurries, and there were a couple of plays. I think we had like five hits as well. Oh, no, we had like six hits. Because I felt like we got pressure, which didn't get home a lot. We got there. I know that... Dean Lowry had a beautiful, beautiful pressure in the first quarter. Just knifed right through, untouchable. And there were a few plays, too, where we definitely affected the throw. One of them, like Jefferson, just went up and got. Like, there were a few times where you kind of think those are usually picks with how the ball was coming out, kind of just fluky, lucky plays for the Vikings that they weren't. So would you like to see the pass rush do more? Of course. But, you know, if if I'm casting blame... For a poor performance, it's it does not go to the pass rush. No, I'd agree. I, f- I feel like they got so close so many times, and even that one, um, I think it was the deep play to, to Jefferson. Oh, which one? I think it was the 64-yarder. Yeah, yeah there's uh, too many to remember. Kirk, and, and I think may have maybe part of what happened with the safeties on that one is they saw him kind of have to scramble and then come up in the pocket a lot, and he was almost a line of scrimmage. That was because we collapsed the pocket on that play. Mm-hmm. He had to escape. And then he launched. We collapsed the pocket. That's a good thing. We didn't sack him. That's a bad thing, right? So, overall, I think they did a decent job. Um, Vikings don't have an amazing offensive line, but it's not terrible. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we can do against Chicago. For sure. You know what we get to skip, though? Hmm. We can just skip special teams. Nothing really happened. Yeah. They were they were fine. Um, they got a little... Close for comfort, I think, on a couple punts. But overall, like, the coverage was fine. Was Return it, game, fine. I think it was Nixon. Like, in the third, yeah, third quarter before he went down, he had a beautiful, like, as the gunner on the punt, hit the guy right away. And unfortunately, didn't bring him down, but, like, hit him, stood him up, stood him down for, like, yeah. three seconds, and the rest of the boys came and cleaned up. But, yeah, special teams, it feels weird. We just don't have to talk about it. Yeah. And they have a really good kick returner as well. Jalen Rager? Uh, no, well, actually, now they have really good Rager's punter the punter turner, the, yeah. Uh, they're like third-string running back who's crazy fast. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kenny. Nope. <laughs> no, I'm not going to try. <laughs> nope, nope. His, name's, his first name is Kenny. His last name begins with an N. I'm not even. Yeah, he was great last year. Young and super fast. So the fact that we nothing really bad happened, take it. Let's move on. All right. On to next week. On to next week. Okay. So. Our Green Bay Packers will be facing the 1-0 Chicago Bears. But sometimes, folks, numbers, games lie. 
the Bears, quote unquote, beat the 49ers 19 to 10. Lucas and I both watched this game. And I got to say, it was not a very impressive look by the Bears. It kind of just sucked to watch in general as a fan of football. Oh, yeah. I think it was the ugliest first half of football I've seen. There was a stat that the Bears did not complete a, rec- a pass to a receiver or a tight end in the first half. I think Fields was like three of eight at that point with all of his completions being uh, running back screens. Yeah, it was like three of eight or nine for like 17 yards. Oh, man, it was rough to they, watch. They couldn't run the ball. Their offense like horrible in the first half. Um Kind of throughout the game, they were saved by San Francisco, I believe, had like 10 penalties for over 120 yards. And a few of them kept the Bears touchdown drives in the second half going like it was third and whatever. And they didn't convert. But then there was a face mask or like they even got a defensive hold on a running play. Like They had some real, real help from the referees and niner mistakes. And uh, Debo fumbled the ball as they were driving. Just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then offensively for the Bears, Fields finished. 8 of 17 for 121 and two touchdowns. So both these touchdown plays, the first one, he hits Austin Pettis, Dante Pettis, Dante my apologies. Pettis. One of these, you know, new bear receivers that are just kind of, you know, receiver four or five on other teams. Let's just grab three of those and see what happens. Yeah, he played for the 49ers, actually. So Pettis gets open on a deep cross. And like, I was in my girlfriend's place. There were six of us watching. And I was like, any one of us in that room could have made that throw because there was nobody <laughs> Nobody in the vicinity catches the ball. And then good old former Packer EQ was nice enough to give him a convoy to the end zone. So that was one touchdown. Shout out to EQ. I, I was happy for him. Yeah. No, I like EQ. I, I, was like like, I was like, hey, Bear fans, that's my guy. Yeah. Be excited. And then uh, later, again, another drive aided by penalties. Um, Fields is able to roll out in a play action and. EQ was kind of in like the Lazard spot, right? Tight, looking like a tight end. And it was just play action. He had a corner out. Again, very open. Don't know if they just San Francisco fell asleep or blown coverage or what. The, the Pettis play was for sure blown coverage, but this one maybe it's a good route. I don't know. Uh, but EQ has an easy touchdown, and that was, that was enough. Um, you know, at that point, San Francisco is trying to make a comeback, and it, it was raining earlier in the game which definitely affected the field. Uh, you saw guys were kind of slipping and sliding all over the place. But then like in the fourth quarter, especially when the bears had their lead. Oh my God. It, it went like right back to monsoon season. And you could see it like Lance tried to throw the use check to try to make the comeback going. And it was like, he was hit with a dumbbell in his hands. Like that football, when it's, when it's raining that hard, like it, it weighs significantly more. So the, it was like the bears had a few more defenders out there in the rain. So, I mean, they won, and, and Luke and I disagree on this. I hate San Francisco more than anything because I'm petty. So I was rooting for the Bears, and I was also sitting with a bunch of Bears fans. But, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I'm not even sure you should co-host this podcast at this point. Rooting for the Bears with no playoff implications. I was rooting against San Francisco. Rooting for the Bears with no playoff implications. Rooting against San Francisco. At you the want, end of the want, year, week you, 17, week 18, week week 16, because we need somebody to lose so we can make it to the playoffs, whatever, whatever. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You, you gonna, suck it up, right? Are you going to sit here and tell me that the Bears are a bigger threat than the Niners are? Like, legitimately, think about like the actual team. Not week one no, BS. Obvi- obviously not. However. Because week one always lies. However. They are the bigger threat. So I'm you're not, gonna, you're I'm not rooting playoffs, for the Bears you're gonna ever. You're going to talk week 17. You're going you're gonna to make that whole point. 
I will make that point because we, we're nowhere near that point yet, Devin. But we want San Francisco to lose. So rooting for the Bears, who are not a threat, I see no problem. Not rooting for the Bears ever. Whatever. We can disagree. It, it honestly makes the show more fun. It honestly just annoys me. Again, the death stare. And usually that's the other way. Usually I'm throwing the death stares. Mm-hmm. Oof. All right. So one of this Bears matchup. So I was not overly impressed. Are you going to root for him again this week? No, Lucas, I am not. Are you done? We'll see. And we're golfing later today, too. <laughs> so we, I might just be in for a day. Anyways. All right. Especially after last week, I was reminded that I am I am never again saying I expect the Packers to win. We're not doing any more score predictions because every time I think we're going to win, we never do. So we're just not doing that ever again because obviously not only do all the Packer players and coaches listen to our show, except for Joe Barry, unfortunately. Um, we're just not doing that anymore. Okay. Because we, we affect the score. Obviously, it's us. That being said... I wasn't overly impressed with the Bears. I really wasn't. Fields didn't look ready. I mean, the man shows like he has some heart, but just he's he's missing some reads. It was obvious the Bears didn't really trust him early on. And and the best plays were on broken coverages, which, yeah, you have to get, take advantage of. But if you take away, especially like the 50-yard of Pettis, he finishes with like 80 yards. Yeah. I thought, because uh, I really only got to focus on the first half while I was watching it, and I thought Lance outplayed him in the first half anyways. And what I thought was interesting was San Francisco's ability and willingness to utilize the strength of their quarterback. What I mean by that is they were purposely setting up run plays for Lance or Lance had an option to run, right? Oh, yeah. I didn't really see that in the first half from the Bears. Um, and that would have been the perfect time to do it, especially coming in week one. All of his scrambles and when he got to use his athleticism, speaking of fields now, was unscripted, right? Which is an ability he has, without a doubt, and, and is one to utilize. However, when your run game is not working, when your offense is slowing down as a whole and bogging down, there's no... They didn't try to use Justin Fields' biggest strength to help calm him down, get him settled. They didn't do any of that which I think is a real miss on their part, but makes me worried about this upcoming game, that they may unleash some of that on us. And you did see his running potential because this man was running for his life. I mean, this Bears offensive line, I I don't know if they had injuries. You know, I don't, obviously we don't follow the Bears, right? We're north of the Cheddar Curtain, south of the Cheddar Curtain. The look I just got. The look I just got, but I mean, but we care about. All right, North. folks, I'm gonna finish this episode solo at this point. <laughs> Anyways, yes, if we talked about the Bears, Devin, and we lived in Wisconsin, the show would be called North of the Cheddar Curtain. But neither of those things are true, or are they? Oh my god, I feel attacked. Anyways, yeah, that Bears offensive line did not good look good. So Fields was running for his life. Um, I mean, I would if I was the Bears coach, I would definitely scheme up. Like you said, more designed runs for fields, get them in a rhythm. Or at least some RPOs where it's an option to pull it, something like that. They made some comparisons. I've heard that this Bears offense kind of felt like the Mitch offense. Mm. So we'll see. No, no, no. But they said like oh, good, the good Mitch. Mitch offense. Good Mitch offense. Okay. So I hope not. I hope not as well. Because, you know, Mitch can do some things. Also, Mitch got a dub this weekend. So how about that? <laughs> Mitch led his team to a win. 
threw more touchdowns than interceptions. I'm just going to leave that there. I feel like Devin is literally trying to root for every other team besides the one we have a show about. <sighs> Anyways, their run okay? game does not scare me. Their offensive line does not scare me. They finally figured out a place to put Tevin Jenkins. He's a guard now mm-hmm. after almost trading him in the offseason. Larry Borum, one of their um, young offensive tackles, looked all right. Uh, there's been some some talk in the in the town, which I find kind of hilarious, that they may put Lucas Patrick in at center as a revenge game. Weird. He was starting for them at right guard, I think. Yeah, but now he's not because that's where Tevin is. Tevin Jenkins no, and Mustafers at center. He was center. playing right guard. They they adjusted some things. Okay. But they they were talking about on purpose putting him back into the starting lineup for his revenge game against Packers, which is hilarious because like we don't care. And I, I liked Lucas. I Patrick, liked Lucas but, Patrick, but like, you know, I, if you I put him care. in at center, he was a backup most of his career. or Whatever, do what you got to do. You put him in at center. There's this guy who's gonna, you know, he's gonna go against. Kenny, his name's, his Kenny, name's Kenny, Clark Kenny Clark. Is gonna roll over Lucas Patrick no matter where he is. So, well, he'll find him. Oh yeah, and I hope against the Bears. I mean, these guys have limited threats at receiver. This would be another team. I really hope we go, man. I really we won't. do. I know we won't, but this is a team that you could completely shut them down. I mean, yeah, Jair on Mooney, and the just you make everybody else cry. Yeah, Rosul on EQ, Stokes on. Oh God, Byron Pringle. I'd probably flip those. Pringle wasn't that big. I thought he was, but he's really not. Yeah, but EQ's fast. Anyways, I I take the physicality. Yeah, we're not going to. We're going to go zone. We're going to put Preston out there. Hopefully not. I do have to give uh, Peter Bukowski, Lockdown Packers, a big shout out in his show this week when Preston was out in coverage. He was like, did Mike Pettin, did they give him the wrong headset? Like, was he calling plays there for a second? Like, kind of felt like it. Haven't seen that in a minute. So, again, we'll see about the Bears. I think this is much more about what we do and how we respond than what they do because I'm not overly concerned about how they looked. This is one of the games where if we come out, we execute, we will win. That's not true of every game, right? That's not true of every game. True. The only, I'm going to say a little bit of an X factor injury-wise. Even if we don't have the offensive lineman, let's put that aside. Besides that, X factor injury-wise, Quay Walker. Because this is a game where I would just want him to spy Justin Fields the entire game. Or at least have the option, because it's going to be a lot of Devondre Campbell probably doing that. Either Even one. if Quay's there. But. Yeah. Either one. Just one of you watch him, please. His legs, his mobility is the way that this Bears team can hurt us. Montgomery is nice, but I think that the deficits they have in the offensive line and the dogs that we have. I think we'll be able to shut that down. I think so, too. And then we'll see if the offensive line, they decide to block people. Secondary decides to communicate. And we should be okay. The only thing that kind of worries me slightly is their secondary. This sounds weird, so bear with me for a minute. Bear with you. Okay, Devin. Anyways. So, they have uh, Jalen Johnson out there, right? Jalen. He calls himself Jalen. So. You guys buddies? But I listen to... You guys are buddies? I oh, listen so to I'm the Bears local fan now, radio. And you're going to say his name properly? To, it's Scouting, Devin. It's called Scouting. I didn't root for them, did I? <laughs> yeah. God. Are you sure anyways, we can golf? You've been, anyways. You've been throwing me under the bus. I'll show you. might be a little sore. You're going to be in a separate golf cart. If you keep talking the uh, <laughs> anyways, he had a he had a peanut punch 
on Deep Elf. That's how he, he oh, caused yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. So we have a lot of young and experience in that receiving core, right? So that's something I, wanna, I would like them to focus on this week, is if I have any say. But pay attention. Let's get some ball Tyler, security. Tyler Davis. Tyler <laughs> oh, Davis. Oh, no, in the flat. It's, it's lining up. That could be that could be where Tyler Davis finally uh, lets you down again. Um, that and Jaquan Brisker, who they rookie safety out of Penn State. Kind of a mixed bag for kind him. Kind of a mixed bag, but I, I liked him. I liked some of what he did um, as a player. I liked him a lot coming out of college. So He looked Brisk. pretty good at times uh, in the game. <laughs> he made some, some relatively large mistakes as well, assignment-wise, so... He could he could flash some things, make it give us some problems, but we also could torch him. So just kind of looking at those two as far as the secondary is concerned, seeing how our younger wideouts kind of deal with that, and and hopefully can hang on to ball a little bit better than Debo. It'll be interesting to see who they put Jaquan Johnson on. Mm, true. Like Lazard, if he's back, I'm guessing maybe. I feel like they usually like to have him more outside, but like. You know, Cobb might be the most reliable threat in the middle. I mean, they're not going to go man either. They're going to play zone, so they're just going to stick to their sides, I imagine. You're probably right. Any other things for this Bear game? Not really. Not really. Hope you wear a Packer jersey. Just uh, going to ring that up. You're, you're, all right, we're done after that. <laughs> As always, folks, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.